All right, welcome in. It's great to have you with us. Mike Guido here with you. Matt Catarizzolo here in a Friday. Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. Matt, how are you? No complaints. How are you? I'm solid. Um, it is great to have you with us. We have plenty of stuff to cover today. Um, I'm sure we'll figure out a game towards the end of the show today. I don't I don't know, maybe. Um but uh, plenty of stuff to hit on today. PFF published their top 50 players in the NFL, so we're going to go over that. Um, I have not seen it yet. Matt has. I have not. Um, so we'll go through the list. We'll see where um, where people rank. Uh, but first, before we get started today, uh, as is tradition, I do want to remind you that Guido's Green Iron Blitz is sponsored by American Betting Experts one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. What we've done is we've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. You sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. And all you got to do is sign up, okay? All you got to do is you got to pick them on the gaming sites. That's BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. It's really a great thing. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with a special offer from American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Um, okay. So I want to begin with this because the NBA draft lottery just happened. And this, again, I'm, I'm bordering on the, you know, it isn't necessarily an NFL topic. It's just a general sports topic for me. Um, So the NFL, uh, I'm sorry, the NBA draft lottery just happened. And for those of you that don't understand how the NBA draft lottery works, if you don't follow the NBA, let me explain it to you really quickly. Um, Pretty much what happens is, is the 14 teams that don't make the playoffs in the NBA, their their teams get thrown into a hat, pretty much. And depending on your record, it determines your percentage chance of getting certain picks within the lottery, right? So the three teams with, and this is relatively new, the three teams in the, the three, uh, I'm sorry, the three teams that have the worst record in the NBA have the highest percentage chance of getting the number one overall pick in the draft. And then from every pick after that, the chances slightly go down. So the fourth pick is, you know, 11 point something percent. And the fifth pick is 11 point something percent. And like, it just, it goes on, you know, pretty much that trajectory all the way down to 14. Um, So what the NBA tries to convince us of even though I really don't think it's this, I really think it's just so they can have another thing that they can, you know, collect money on for TV. Um, But what they try to convince us of is this is an anti tanking thing. This is implemented to get rid of tanking, getting rid of the, 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 uh, the possibility of teams purposely throwing games for better draft compensation. Now, 
I have had a very solid position on this for a long time now, and I've talked about it on a bunch of my shows if you've ever followed me in the past. Okay, I have always said that tanking either A, doesn't exist, or B, isn't a bad thing. Because here's the reality. Very rarely in sports, and there are times where you get really bad owners that just don't care about anything else but themselves and lining their own pockets with money, but very rarely do you get a team that genuinely every year their goal is to lose games. In fact, I would say that that almost never happens. Every team wants to win to a certain extent. They do. Regardless of how bad the organization is, regardless of how bad the owners are, It doesn't matter. The end goal for the overwhelming majority of them, if not all of them, is to win games and win the last game of the season. That is the end goal here. So I have always said it like this. The NBA draft, or I I should say it in in general with sports, you always hear, oh, well, you got to build your team through the draft. And I agree. Every sport You have to build your team through the draft. That's true for Major League Baseball, right? You need a strong farm system. You need some guys because you're not going to be able to just pay for everybody. Okay, you just can't fill up your roster with with an all-star team. You do have to have some homegrown talent that you develop and that you have on the cheap and everything like that. You need to have those things, right? The NFL is built almost entirely through the draft, okay? Very rarely do you see trades. Very rarely do you see major impact free agent signings, right? Like Tom Brady leaving the Patriots was a huge free agent, but that doesn't happen every year. It's very rare that you see that those things happen. Same thing in the NBA. Okay. It's a star driven league, but where do you think those stars originate from? The draft. You want to be able to pick those guys out. You want to have those guys fall in love with your city, fall in love with your fan base, fall in love with your organization. You want to have them first. So everybody, every sport needs to build through the draft. And pretty much what the NBA draft lottery does is it penalizes the teams for being bad. Okay, the worst teams in the NBA, okay, because these are the only sports. Hockey has a lottery and the NBA has a lottery. Those are the only two sports in the world that have lotteries for the draft to where their record doesn't automatically determine the draft order. The NFL has it. The um, the NFL doesn't have a lottery. Major League Baseball doesn't have a lottery. And guess what they don't have? A tanking problem. They don't. But here's my other argument to this. Why is tanking a bad thing? Let me, uh, honest question. Why is tanking a bad thing? The goal should be for teams that are bad to acquire top-tier talent so they can do what? Not be bad anymore. Okay? If there's a blue chipper at the top of the draft and there's a team that goes 10 and 72, guess what? If they get the blue chipper, even in his rookie year, they'll improve to a point where they're where they won't be 10 and 72 again. Maybe they'll win eight more games or nine more games. So instead of having the number one pick in the draft, they'll have the number four, the number five. And then you keep building up until you progressively get out of the quote-unquote lottery. 
and you're in playoff contention. It's called rebuilding. Okay, I personally find, as a fan, the rebuilding process to be kind of fun. I like new players. I love the draft. I love scouting guys. I love getting overly excited about players. That I, I love having lofty expectations. That's fun for me as a fan. It is. And the reason I really don't think the tanking is a problem is because people all of a sudden think, well, why wouldn't players throw games? Well, because players want to get paid. A player's not going to go two for 20 just so, oh, we want... He doesn't care about the number one pick next year. What he cares about is lining his own pocket. And he should. He's a player. That's his living. So really, that's my point. Is I think that having a lottery in sports is incredibly dumb. I think that the problem with tanking is really over-exaggerated because I just don't see the problem with it. Never, ever, ever do you see teams go defeated. They have zero wins. They purposely lose every game. Never have you ever saw that. Okay, I've always said this before. The worst thing you can be in sports, and I think Matt can agree with this, the worst thing that you can be in sports is average because you're not good enough to win a championship and you're not bad enough to increase your chances of be, of getting better, of not getting top-tier talent. You never want to be middle of the pack because then what? You're stuck. You are stuck in the middle of the pack. So I am totally anti-lottery. I've had blowout fights with people about this because they've been brainwashed into thinking that tanking is the worst thing in sports and it ruins the sport and it takes away the integrity of the sport. I'm more of the guy of, listen, if you take away the worst team in the league's chance of getting the game-changing player, all you're doing is guaranteeing that they'll be bad again next year. And that's what happens a lot in the NBA. And that's why in the NFL, who doesn't have a lottery, I think this is at least part of the reason why half the teams that make the playoffs the year prior don't make it the year the next year, and then vice versa. Teams that don't make the playoffs, half the teams that don't make the playoffs the year prior, make it again the next year. Because those teams find ways to improve. And then naturally, some good teams regress, and then they get better again. Okay, there's plenty of parity in the NFL. There's never parity in the NBA. Why do you think that? Because it's such a stint in growth. Matt, what do you think? I Okay, so I disagree and agree with different points that you made. So I'll start with what I agree with. I agree wholeheartedly that the lottery is just not an effective concept, right? So when you... And that kind of ties into the other points that you made. So when you when you have a lottery, right, that almost disrupts the natural sort of progression of sports leagues. Right. So you have the teams at the bottom, right? Those teams are supposed to pick higher in the draft depending on how bad their records were, like in the NFL. But when you throw in, like, luck or you throw in, like, chance – I don't understand the, the the benefit that provides, right? You're you're only keeping those teams at the bottom. So that that's one thing that I just completely disagree with. I don't think the lottery is an effective method at all. And you're right, it stunts growth for certain teams, it stunts growth for certain organizations. And not only does that make it hard for like prospects 
to be selected to that city. What are like big time free agents in basketball going to think when they hear a city that's at the bottom, right? Like, I don't know, pulling one out of a hat, like the, the Cavaliers, right? Just at bottom of the league, right? What are they going to think, right? They're at the bottom. They've been at the bottom. I don't want to go there. I don't want to sign to that team. I'm not going to do anything. I have nothing to work with there, right? Mm -hmm. So that's not only is it hurting the young rookies that are going to be coming into the league, it's going to hurt the value of that city, that organization, and that team when they're trying to attract other free agents when those free agents become available. So right. I do I do agree on that. I disagree that tanking is not real. Tank, tanking is... I think tanking's personally, I, I personally think tanking is very real. Now, I, I will say that I don't think that teams tank for whole seasons. I don't think teams go into a season saying, listen, we're not going to be good. We might as well just actively try to be horrible. So we try to get that number one pick, right? Mm -hmm. I remember watching the, the, the last game of the regular season of 2020 between the Eagles and the Washington football team. When they threw out Nate Sudfeld, instead instead of Jalen Hurts, right? This is right after the Giants defeated the Cowboys, okay? So they 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 trot out Nate Sudfeld when they had Jalen Hurts on the field. You don't think that's them just waving the white flag? And of course it up? it is. Absolutely. Okay. So when you when we talk about tanking, I feel like people think it's some it's it's a it's years in the making. It's a long process, right? I don't think necessarily it's it's in a box like that. I don't think tanking has to be some sort of long convoluted process that takes years to do. I think if you, if you, I don't want to say not trying because that's not exactly the word, but you, I do believe that teams strategically do things to put themselves in better positions long term. You yeah. know, we've seen, we like, there have been alliterative slogan, logos, uh, slogans, slogans for tanking, right? Tank for Tua, suck for luck. There's been a lot of, we've trust seen the process. it. Exactly. Trust the process. Right. We've seen it manifest before our very eyes. So, I, I don't I don't I don't completely disagree that players want to lose. Of course, players don't want to lose. It's their job to go out and compete, and when they compete, they yeah. want to win, mm -hmm. right? They're not. I don't think they're necessarily, you know, so fascinated by the idea of having a high draft pick that's going to change the trajectory of that franchise, like an Andrew Luck, like a Trevor Lawrence. They don't know that. So why would they risk, you know, hurting their own pocket, like you said? by actively trying to lose. I don't think that's a thing. But do I think that teams look for the long-term for sustainable success by sacrificing something mediocre like the last season of a regular, like the last game of a regular season? Right. I don't think so. I don't think that's crazy to, to think about. No, I don't think it is either. My, my primary argument is not that it really is, it, not that it isn't real, right? I think, I, I guess what I, what I was trying to go for there is that the negative connotation on tanking, I think shouldn't be real. Okay. Like why is my primary argument is why is tanking a bad thing? Because again, like even in the case with the Eagles, when they threw out Nate Sudfeld over Jalen hurts, which by the way, I will say this. It isn't like Jalen hurts is Lamar Jackson and he's lighting up the NFL. Jalen hurts sucked last year. Okay. So was Sudfeld is, like, the better option though. I don't think he was, but my point is, is that who cares? Okay. Why is it an issue if the Eagles are saying, listen, the best thing long-term for our franchise right now is to not tack on a useless win. Okay. I don't, because the goal here is for them to improve the next year. Okay. 
and especially for some for you know teams in the NBA who again this is a much more star driven league where one singular player can help your franchise by 30 plus game like ridiculous how much they can they can help your team yeah but why is it bad for it now i listen i understand a team purposely throwing out a team that's so bad that like they're unwatchable they're gonna go oh and whatever they have no chance of being competitive in a game that's something i have an issue with but i don't think teams realistically do that i really don't because at the same time, you got to sell jerseys, you got to sell tickets, you got to like, you still have to do all of those things while maintaining the goal of listen, our goal this year is not to be a championship team, but it is to be able to improve our team next year, gain assets, right? You don't think the Jaguars are thrilled that they went one in 15 last year? How pissed do you think the Jets are that they won what, one or two too many games? Yeah, I mean, listen, you could. Curious. I mean, you could argue that Greg Williams on that all-out blitz to lose that game, maybe that was predetermined. Who knows? Maybe that had long-term implications. Listen, I'm not, I'm not completely against tanking either. You don't think I would have traded the last game of the regular season in 2019 when the Giants beat the Washington Football Team? You don't think I would have traded that for a loss so the Giants would add Chase Young right now? You don't think I would have traded that out? Right. That's of course. Point. So I, I think. When, how our arguments align, I think that fans or the people that criticize the concept of tanking, they don't like seeing it, but they like the benefits. They like the reward at the end. They don't like, it's a very short-sighted thing because if you see your team actively trying to lose, like no one wants to see that. Nobody wants to see their, their favorite team actively try and lose. But it, if the end result is a, a potential franchise-altering player or a bevy of draft picks or whatever. If that is the end result, I personally think I could live with it. I like I could I could watch them lose a game that has drastic implications, right? Like like getting a, a player like Chase yeah. Young who's going to probably be a Hall of Famer. I could get past that in the moment. I maybe like it would be uncomfortable to see just cuz this is sad. I'm watching them lose. But the next season, I mean- I'd probably be over it. You don't think the Jags right now, like, do you think Jags fans last year were saying, oh boy, I hope we win six games. No, no. And, 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 let's lose every possible game that we can so that we can get sunshine. Like, right. The, they, listen, they won week one. They won the first game of the season, right? That was their only win. Yeah. You think Jaguars fans after that one win were like, you know, I think we got a chance. No, no. You're going to lose the next 14. You're going to lose the next 15 games. Right. And congratulations. You now have the best quarterback prospect in the last decade. So I don't know. I don't think they're in New York jet fans when they beat the Rams last year and that lost them. Number one pick jets fans were furious. Mm -hmm. Like that, that win just lost us. Trevor Lawrence. And they beat the Rams. They beat the Rams. Good, and the Rams were good team. last year. A like, very good team. Right. So, <laughs> like, this is my thing, okay? I just don't understand why tanking jeopardizes the integrity of a sport. Okay? I, can under, I can understand it. I, I'm not saying that, like, it's completely well, out of nowhere. Well, it's it's is, warranted. Like, I understand that. I'm not arguing well, that part. Like I said, if there's a team out there that is throwing out 
guys that like, like you know they're not going to be competitive in any game that they play, and it just becomes unwatchable. Then you have a problem on your hands. But that's never the case, Matt. I it think it never happens. I think it's just it's a matter of being short-sighted. If you're short-sighted, you care about tanking. Like if you care like about the, the long-standing. The Houston Rockets this year, okay? They James lost. Harden wanted out. Yeah. Okay? The, the Rockets didn't go into this season thinking, you know, we're just going to lose every game. We're going to be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. No, of course, James Harden wanted out. They traded him. What do you think they should do? They should start. Okay, we're still going to try and make the playoffs. No, because that's not good for your franchise. The, the best thing the Rockets could have done uh, when James Harden wanted out is to suck royally is to be absolutely atrocious and they did what did they lose 21 straight games or they lost like a ton of games and again yeah. the lottery screwed them out of getting the number one pick they had the worst record in the nba instead mm-hmm. they get the number two pick which again is not the biggest crime in the world but right my point is is that you know by having a lottery because you have this thing against tanking and you think it's the worst thing it, like it, it is, it is the antichrist for every league. Yeah, like it, it's that bad. Listen, it's, all it's, you're it's, doing is you're keeping the bad teams bad, and you and I, you you agreed with that, right? Yeah, and and like I mentioned before, I think the the biggest thing that lotteries do is disrupt the natural evolution of sports. Right, it's, it it puts a break in the timeline of competitive leagues because they're not. I don't want to say rewarding teams for being bad, but they're not doing what is necessary to continue the cycle, right? There, there's teams that are good and then teams that are bad. There's teams that are good. There's teams that are bad. And you're right. For the past, oh my God, I don't know, 20 years, the NBA has had a horrible parity issue. It's it's, it's it's dynasty after dynasty after dynasty. This This NBA Finals this year, this year, 2021, is going to be the first NBA Finals with no Kobe, no Steph, or LeBron. Three people, three people in the last 20, in, in almost 20 years. That's right. not good. That is not good. It's not good. It's been the Heat. It's been the Warriors. It's been the Lakers. It's been the Cavs. It's been the same right. five or well, six teams. Right. It's It's been LeBron. It's been Kobe. It's been Steph. It's been Kawhi Leonard. Like That's what Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's been the same. Been. It's been the same people you see over and over and over again. Now, that could be good. People, there, there. I'm sure there are fans out there that enjoy seeing that. Personally, for me, every time the Warriors made the finals, I was watching to see, okay, who are they going to beat the brakes off of this year, right? That doesn't, that's not right. good. That's, that's not good. Not sport, that's not fun. The sport, the essence of sports is competition. And when you take that away, what do you have? Right. It's, it's right. sad. It's sad, and and the lottery is only continuing this issue. Why do and people hate Tom Brady? Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. Like, why do you think the Patriots were so – like, the Patriots were winning year after year after year? And they I never dra- – and, and, and it's crazy. It's crazy because the Patriots were one of the – historically, the Patriots have been horrible at drafting. The Patriots do not draft yep. well. Yeah, that is something that Bill Belichick can't do. Yeah, especially in the first round. Like Patriots for go back and look Patriots first round picks not good not good they they really lucked they looked at they lucked out on Tom Brady in the sixth round 
Who would have thought? Right. It's, it's, it's strange. It's a strange concept to try to wrap your head around. But I think, like I said, once you do, it's kind of like a closing remark on tanking. I think what you do, if you truly care about your franchise, you want sustainable success, not short-term gratification that's going to make you feel good for the rest of that day. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, okay, well, we got an extra win. I guess we're picking 15th. Hey, yeah, right. we're, pick, we're picking 15th next year while the person that we beat is picking sixth, you know? Right, right. So 100%, 1,000% with you. Uh, okay, so let's move to this PFF thing. Uh, so the PF, the Pro Football Focus released their top 50 players in the NFL for 2021. Uh, I haven't seen the list yet. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess mm-hmm. at who's number one. I'm going to take a wild guess. Okay. And remember, it's PFF. So everything is numbers it's and value. Way Every, up. Right. Everything. So, yeah. I'm going to Go take ahead. wild guess because I, I, I think I know who it should be. It should be Aaron Donald. Okay. Is that not who it is? Well, is that's who you think it should be. Who do you think it is? I think it's Aaron Donald. It's Aaron Donald. Yeah. It Okay. Uh, okay. All right, so here we go. So it's it is it is Aaron Donald. How do you feel about that? By the way, like we obviously know that quarterback is the most valuable position in all of sports. Not according to PFF. Well, how can that be? How can that be? So, well, okay. So I understand that positional value is more important in football than perhaps in any other sport. So I don't know. I think it speaks to how amazing and how unique Aaron Donald is because to have a defensive tackle be number one on so many lists for so many years. He is a game wrecker. That is like, people don't realize how hard that is. Like Aaron Donald is not an edge rusher. Edge rushers are extremely important, right? That's completely different. Aaron Donald is an interior defensive lineman. You draft those guys in the third round, right? Like those guys are not typically not the most important players, even on their defense. Aaron Donald is far and away the most important person on that whole team. And to be the number one player, but if you, if you ask any football fan who you think the best, the single best player in football is, that's not a quarterback. And their answer isn't Aaron Donald. They're wrong. I'm sorry. They're wrong. They're wrong. wrong. It's, it's simply not an opinion. Aaron Donald is, he's a unicorn. That's, that's just what it is. How do I feel about it? The number one player in all of football. I I mean, PFF, like I said before, it's all numbers and analytics and value. I don't know. I can't place defensive tackle value over quarterback. I just can't. I can't get over that. Yeah. So I, I think it should be Mahomes, who is number two on PFF's list. I think it should be Mahomes. But, I mean, when you talk about value, I, I guess Aaron right. Donald brings more value in an overall game sense than Mahomes does in some way, shape, or form. Okay, so let's count down from 50. Let's see where we go. All righty. So here. So I got the list queued up. And remember, this is a, a PFF list, lists to me tend to be kind of questionable at times. But I, they I, are incredibly I, smart people there. Yeah, I, I, trust, I trust their data. So I, I'm not saying it's not wrong. Like none of these are like head scratchers, but let, we'll, we'll, we'll go through them and see what you think. All right, let's see. All right. So we have Dak Prescott at number 50. Got wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dak is 50? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. We got Dak at 50. We have Levante David at 49. Okay. Marcus Marcus Williams at 48. Ooh, wow. Marcus Williams over Levante David? Apparently by one spot. Okay. Jam- James Bradbury at 47. Okay. He he bursted. Yeah. Nice. He did really well. Uh, we got Ronnie Stanley at 46. Okay. Stefan Diggs at 45. Hmm. Okay. Michael Thomas at 44. We have. Oh, I don't know if Michael Thomas is better than Stefan Diggs. I don't know. The narrative on Michael Thomas has shifted really, like, violently after after one year. After 2019, where he literally set records for single season receiving receptions. Like, people in 2020, I mean, he was hurt, right? So now people are saying he's not even top five. Like that irks that bothers me. Like, hey, stop. Well, maybe I don't know. I, no, I'm sorry. The slant boy narrative is so infuriating. <laughs> it's so boy. it's it's the I think it's the most blown out of proportion narrative in all of football. It's how Michael Thomas is like this one dimensional guy that benefited from just catching slants. That's hogwash. I don't know where that came from. He's in a league not for catching slants either because catching. I don't. Slants are really efficient routes. Everybody he, runs them. He's he's an elite receiver that has one of the best separation abilities I've ever seen. Like, right. Stop. He's elite. He's top. He's absolutely top five. Probably top four. Okay. Miss me with that. Anyway, it was my little soliloquy on a uh, Michael Thomas. So okay, Michael Thomas at forty four. We have Teron Armstead at forty three. Okay. Got Grady Jarrett at 40, 42. Mm-hmm. Got John Johnson at forty one. Okay. I feel like we're going to see a lot of defense on this list. PFF values defense. They, they, really love, high. Defense. they yeah. love defense. Wow. You ready? At 40, we have Josh Allen at 40. Oh, come on. That's kind of low. Really? I think that's low. Josh dude. Allen is only at slightly more 40. valuable than Stefan Diggs. He's only slightly more valuable than Grady Jarrett. Grady uh, Jarrett is the best defensive player on quite possibly the worst defense in football. Yeah. All right, whatever. Let's keep going. Uh, 39, we have Alvin Kamara, who's, I think that's low too. Yeah, I don't think, like, it, PFF cares a lot about value, right? Yeah. And Alvin Kamara is more value than, valuable than Josh Allen. I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing a trend where running backs are kind of getting slighted here, and you'll see why in a sec. Uh, so 38, we have A.J. Brown. Okay. 37, we got Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is okay. Very good. 36 got Bryce Callahan. Bryce Callahan. Yeah. He's not even the best corner on his own team. Over Chubb, Kamara, and Josh Allen. Oh my God. Bryce Callahan. All right. All right. So 35, we got Julio. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry. This is, I don't know about this one. <laughs> 30, 34 is Allen Robinson. So they have Allen Robinson over Michael Thomas, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and Stefan Diggs. I don't know about that. I like Allen Robinson a lot, but. I love Allen Robinson. That's, yeah, you're that's, right. I'm sorry. That's tough. He's not better than Julio. I, I agree. No, I'm sorry. I don't think he's better than Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs. People forget, I, I, I think. Stefan Diggs, and, and honestly, maybe it isn't this way anymore, but Stefan Diggs is one of the more underappreciated wide receivers in the league. 
I don't think Allen Robinson. I don't. I I don't think he's. I don't. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. So moving on. Thirty-three. We have Eric Kendricks. I think that's fair. Actually, he's okay. really good. All right, he's good. Thirty-two is Harrison Smith. Okay. Thirty-one is Cam Hayward. I think right. that's Cameron Hay- Cameron Hayward's really good. Yeah. Cameron Hayward's really good. <sighs> Man, dude, the running back slander on here is absurd. We have Christian McCaffrey at thirty. Well, uh, at least that I can understand. I don't know if they're accounting. Hurt. I yeah, I don't know if they're accounting for injuries. Maybe that's why some of these players are low. But I mean, Kamara and Chubb were healthy, and they're in the forties. That's I don't know. Okay, whatever. Uh, Twenty nine is Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey is Marlon Humphrey to me is probably the second or third best corner in football in my mind. Marlon, I would, I would put him. I would. I would put him. I would probably put him top five. I think the only two that are definitively better than him are Jalen Ramsey and Tredavious White. I think those are the only two corners in football that are better than Marlon Humphrey. I would put those two. I'm not sure Gilmore is better than him anymore. I would put those two. I would put Gilmore and Jair Alexander over Marlon Humphrey. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Keep going. Uh, where was I? Okay. Uh, 28 is Ryan Ramchick. That's fair. He's amazing. Ryan Ramchick is great. Okay, see, I, I guess injuries don't matter because they have Nick Bosa at 27. He didn't play a game last year. He, not, he Yeah, okay. All right, whatever. 26 Nick, is Dallas. Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa is a top five pass rusher, though, when he's healthy. Of course, yeah. Uh, 26 is Dalvin Cook. Okay. 25 is Miles Garrett at 25? 25, 25 Miles wow. Garrett, the best edge rusher in football at 25. You think Miles uh, Garrett's the best edge rusher in football? Yeah, I don't think it's really that close either. Like, who do you think? Like, do you, who do you think's like him? Who do you think he's close with? Like Khalil Mack? I'd rather have Miles Garrett than Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, I think, is up there. I think Chandler Jones is up there. I'd rather have Garrett. Man, oh man. TJ Watt, maybe. TJ I'd rather have Watt, Garrett. I'd rather. I'd rather have Garrett than TJ Watt. I'd rather have Garrett than both of the Bosa brothers. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I'm a huge Joey and Nick Bosa fan. I, I, they're both. Amazing, but I, I take care of him. Demarcus Lawrence, no, stop it, relax. Enough, <laughs> enough, enough with the first half of that sentence. Uh, okay, 24, we got Trent Williams. I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, 23 is Justin Simmons. That I don't agree with. They that have, I don't agree with. Justin Simmons is very, very good, but stop. They have Russell Wilson at 22. Come on. That's ah, I don't Russell know. Russell Wilson did the Seahawks. The Seahawks would be worse than Jacksonville. They're so bad without him. Wow. They would be an abs. They have the worst offensive line in football. They have the worst defensive line in football. They have the second. The next two levels of their defense are not very good. Their running game is very average, and they have a couple of inter- interesting wide receivers, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Like. Come on. 22 is, 22? is low. Russell Wilson? Low. I, if they put like Ryan Tannehill over Russell Wilson, I'm going to throw things. That's absurd. All right. So 21 is Joey Bosa. Come on. Joey Bosa, as great as Joey Bosa is, is not as valuable as Russell Wilson. I don't know. I'm, dis- I'm not going to disagree with you here. Joey Bosa isn't better than his brother. Nick's better. 
Well, Nick's, Nick has to stay healthy. Nick has Nick's had one good year. Nick's got to stay healthy. All right, uh, 20, we have Fred Warner. Can I be honest about Fred Warner? Fred Warner's overrated. I disagree. I disagree. Overrated. I disagree that people call him the best linebacker in football. And there's a lot. There's a lot of people that say that he is not. I'm taking. I'm still taking Bobby Wagner over him. I, I may. I may take Eric Kendricks over him. I think Miles Jack deserves to be in the conversation. Also, yeah. Roquan Smith is very good. Also, right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. People forget. Uh, all right. Nineteen is Chris Jones, who's the Chiefs' best he's, defensive he's, player. Oh well, it's either him or Frank Clark, right? Like they're both insane. But Chris, jo- you're right. Chris Jones is probably Chris Jones is a monster. In terms, in terms of value, I would put Chris, Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a monster. There's yeah. no, there's no way. Around. I'd even I'd even put Matthew over Frank Clark for value for that Kansas City defense. But I mean, you can right. you can go you can no, probably go either way. Either way, yeah. If Chris Jones is is, is a beast. Mm-hmm. Uh okay, eighteen is Tyreek Hill. Okay. Seventeen is uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Sixteen, they got Jalen Ramsey. Okay. Okay. See. Okay. So fifteen is David Bakhtiari. I think that's fair. You see now, uh, they have Jair Alexander at fourteen. So. So they have J- they 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 have Jair they, they have, have Jair Alexander over Jalen Ramsey over Jalen Ramsey. They had Jair Alexander and Jalen Ramsey over who was the last corner? Uh Callahan. Is that the only other corner that was listed so far? I forget. I'll go back. Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey, right. Okay. Uh okay. 13 is Zach Martin. Okay. Zach Martin's amazing. So yeah. I'm with you on that. Like you want to talk about value. That guy gives value in bunches. If if Zach Martin is not on the Cowboys offensive line, that offense I think falls apart. It suffers greatly. Yeah. Uh 12, you got Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derek. I'm surprised Derek Henry's not top ten. Yeah, is the value that he brings to Tennessee is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, okay. Eleven is T.J. Watt. Wow. Okay. So now we're up to top ten now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Got Aaron Rodgers is at ten. League right. MVP. League MVP. All right. At ten. All right. Not bad. We have George Kittle at nine over Aaron Rodgers. Oh, stop! Come on. Come on, man. They they got Bobby Wagner at eight. Okay. Okay. He he holds that defense together. He's been doing it for like 10 years. Yes. Again, he's another one of those guys that if Bobby Wagner is not on Seattle's defense, I mean, and and listen, they give up a ton of points anyway, Mm -hmm. but But there's only so much, there's only, there's only so much you can do as a, as a linebacker, as a middle linebacker. Bobby Wagner can save games. Yeah. Defensively, uh, he's, he's very, 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 very good. Okay, uh, you got Brady at seven. Tom Brady, okay. Khalil Mack at six. Okay. Okay, number one wide receiver for PFF at five is Devontae Adams. It's not really a surprise. Yeah, that's not a surprise. Uh, you have Quentin Nelson at four. I think that's fair. He's the best lineman. He's the best offensive lineman in football. Okay. You have Travis Kelsey at three. Oh God! Yeah, and then you have Mahomes and Aaron Donald for two and one. Okay, problems go. Um, first of all, I am very surprised that Lamar Jackson did not make the list. Wow, uh, I, I, it's funny. I didn't even notice. You know who else Lamar. wasn't on the list? Who? 
Saquon Barkley. Well, listen, that I understand only because don't say he was hurt. Don't say he was hurt because we saw players that didn't play a game in 2020. I know. I know. McCaffrey was out. Bosa was out. I'm less less concerned about Saquon than, um, than I am about somebody like Lamar or, um, you know, I, I think you're right. I I think running backs kind of got the shaft a little bit. Um, yeah, like I don't think that Bryce Callahan is more valuable than, than Kamara and Chubb. Oh, let me go back just to make sure I even have that right. <laughs> or so, Josh Allen. Yeah, like, so. All right, so absurd. Yeah. Me, White, who I think is the first or second best corner in the whole league, isn't even on the list. That blows my mind. I I can't believe that. No Stephon Gilmore either. No Gilmore. No Gilmore. Uh, did a- outside of Brady, did a single Buccaneer make the list? Levante yeah. David. Levante Levante David. Yeah, he's at forty nine. Yeah, Levante David. No, Devin White. Like, Devin no, White. No, no Devin White. No, no Ali Marpet. No Mike. Shaq Barrett. Yeah, no Mike Evans. No one. Crazy. No Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. Let me see. I, I'm trying to think. Like, were there? Trying to, I'm trying to look at see how many rookies were even on this list. I'm not sure if there were any last year's rookies. Last year's rookies. I'm going through them. I mean, no. AJ Brown was a rookie in 2019. No, I, 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 dude, I don't think so. I don't think there were any rookies on this list. But that's fine. Like, I understand that. Like, they're again, they're determining value, and it's tough to determine value after one year. Uh, but no, no, I don't, I don't see any rookies here. That's amazing to me. That's really interesting. But I mean, wow, man. I, I can't believe like, they, they have Kittle and Kelsey in the top 10, but they have Russell Wilson at 22. That is something I really so so go through all right. So go through the list, but what's like who are the quarterbacks on the list? I want to count how many quarterbacks are on the list. Okay, so starting from 50 with 50 is Dak. Okay, so go go from go from one to fifty. Go so because I want to rank them. Okay, so one to fifty. So yeah. starting starting at one, going to fifty. Yeah, hang on, let me pull up my phone so I can write this down. All right. Um. All right, you ready? Yes. Go. Okay. The first quarterback is Mahomes at number two. Okay. Uh. Okay. Then I think. Yeah. Okay. Brady at seven. <sighs> we have Rogers at ten. See, I wouldn't say Brady's more valuable than Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure Brady. It, I don't know. It, is it bad for me to think that Brady is not all that valuable? Like, I, I think Brady is. It, don't get me wrong. Brady is very valuable. I'm just saying that. Like, like, look at that roster. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Listen, like, I, I get it. All the. I know people don't like it when I say this, but literally all the Buccaneers needed was for a quarterback to not throw 30 interceptions. Yeah. All right. So so we have, I gave you Mahomes, Mahomes, Brady Brady Rogers. Okay. We have Russ at 22. Then it's Wilson. Okay. So they're only saying that Mahomes, Brady and Rogers are more valuable or I guess better in this, in, in this instance than Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then you don't get to another. I would, take, I would take Russell Wilson over Brady, but that's just me. You don't, and then you don't get to another quarterback until Josh Allen at forty, and then you don't get to another quarterback until Dak at fifty. 
So the six quarterbacks in the list, Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, Wilson, Josh Allen, and Dak. So they're counting Dak Prescott as the sixth best quarterback in the entire NFL. Can I, wait, let me point something out. Where's Deshaun Watson? That was another thing I was going to bring up. I mean, I they not, are they not putting him on the list because of the whole final thing? Or are they I, I, I didn't ex- because they don't think I, he's listen, When I saw that PFF released their top 50, I didn't expect uh, Deshaun Watson to be on it. But what about Rodgers? I mean, they put Rodgers on it. They don't even know if he's going to – we don't know what's going to happen with him next year. But I think because there's, like, you know, legal implications, I think it's, you know. I don't know. I wouldn't say – that Dak is the sixth best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not sure I'm ready to go there. You're saying he's better or? No, I'm saying he's worse. I don't think he's up to six. Six, Matt? Yeah, man. I mean, listen. Look, high. You're right. There's no There's no Lamar. There's no Tannehill. There's no Baker. Uh, there's no there's Justin. No Matt Ryan. There's no, no Justin Herbert. Yeah. Like, that's something that drives me. That, that's interesting to me. So where did I have? No Burrow either. Did I get rid of it. Wow. Um, Brad, Bradbury was the only giant. Kyler Murray. That would have been a good one. Kyler Murray. I don't. I don't. Man. Stafford. I mean, I don't know. I guess then you're kind of splitting hairs, but I don't know. That's that's wild to me. Uh, yeah, man. But I, I mean. I don't know. We, we got to, it's, it's just kind of determining like what, what, what you place value on. And I guess it's just, it's different, but I, I guess, yeah, man. I mean, listen, no Lamar, no Lamar is, is that's shocking. That's yeah. That's shocking. I listen, I personally, I don't, I don't love Lamar just because I, I don't think he's a great thrower of the football, which is the most important job a quarterback does. Um, but he is certainly a top, 50 player in football, at least in terms of value, just with his legs alone. Right. right. He was an MVP two years ago. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, stop goofing around. It's crazy. I don't that know. Nuts. There's definitely, like, there, and there's definitely more that we're forgetting. I mean, there's just. Oh, I'm sure there are. I, I mean. All right, wait, wait. Let's, let's do positions, though. So I like that. You did quarterbacks. Let's do the other. Let's do other ones. Okay. So what's the. What is. What does running back look like? Okay, so let's go to running back. Uh, so the highest one was Derrick Henry at 12. Okay, so Henry, excuse me, Henry. Okay, so Henry at 12, then it's a big gap. It's then a it's very, Cook, right? I think it's a, Cook. There's a very big gap until Dalvin Cook at 26. Then McCaffrey. Then McCaffrey at 30. Okay. Uh, we got Chubb Kamara. Chubb at 37 and Kamara at 39. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Henry Cook, McCaffrey, Chubb, and Kamara. I mean, those are probably the top five running backs in the league. I disagree, but okay. Why? You would take Barkley over over who? Chubb? Give me them again. Henry, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, and Alvin Kamara. I would take Saquon over Chubb. I would take Saquon over Cook. Oh, stop it. 
I would Saquon Barkley over Dalvin Cook. I would put Saquon over. Do you over, realize how good Dalvin Cook is? Dalvin Cook is incredible. I'm a big fan of Dalvin Cook, but I think Saquon has more. I think Saquon is talent. I think Saquon's more talented. Dalvin Cook ran for almost 1,600 yards last year and scored 16 touchdowns. That was Dalvin Cook. He averaged and five Saquon, yards a carry. Saquon was hurt. Saquon was hurt. He what is Saquon Barkley's best season? His rookie year in 2018. 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. Are you talking about scrimmage yards? Look at scrimmage yards. Scrimmage yard. Okay, he led the league in yards from scrimmage. Oh, did he now? 28. Yeah, oh, in his rookie year. 2,000-yard two, scrimmage season. In, 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 yeah, Matt, year. but he hasn't been healthy in two years. I'm telling you, I'm taking Barkley over Cook, and I'm taking him over Chubb. I don't. I'm he's not taking. Not, I'm taking. I'll take Henry, Kamara, and and McCaffrey over Saquon. But I'm putting Saquon right there. At All four. right, fine. Let's play this game then. Okay, your idea for a game was was taking two players, and who would I take over them that are similar in in yeah. in, 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 in I'll, make them, I'll make them as I'll make them as even as I can. Now, mind you, I don't have a list, so I'm just going to go off the cuff. You ready? Okay. This game also doesn't have a name for our listeners, so I (laughs) I apologize for that. My creative juices weren't really flowing. (laughs) All right. uh, Okay. Start with an easy one. So let's go with – and again, fully healthy. You're taking these players fully healthy, right? Fully healthy, yes. Okay. Right now, though. Right now. Okay. Let's go with Minka Fitzpatrick or Derwin James. Minka Fitzpatrick. Really? Yes. Okay, I think Derwin James. I think Fitzpatrick changed Pittsburgh's defense. Changed yeah, I agree. Uh, like the day before Minka Fitzpatrick got traded to the Steelers, the Steelers' defense was a wreck. When he got there, it became one of the five best defenses in the whole league. I think Derwin can do a little bit more, but in terms of like a traditional safety, I I I think Minka is. Well, is, they play two different positions. Derwin James is more of a box safety. Yeah, and then you and have Minka, Minka who's on the other side. Now, I think they're kind of one A and one B in the league. I think Jesse Bates is going to be very very good. Also, I think you do as much as I rip on him. I think you do also have to have a little bit of respect for Jamal Adams. But yeah, but yeah, even then, I, I think that. I think Derwin and Minka are both better than I agree. Jamal Adams. I agree. I don't think the gap is very small either. Uh, okay, so you'll take you'll take Minka. I, I, I take Minka over Derwin James. All right, let me keep a list. So you got Minka over Derwin James for the first one. Correct. Oh my goodness! I'm sorry. I'm not bored. I, I promise. I'm yawning a lot, but I did not get a lot of sleep last night. I was up really, really late. I am I, I apologize for my for my yawning. Anyway, so let's I go promise. with this. I promise. All right. So yeah, let's... because you didn't have a name. <laughs> right. My my <laughs> nameless game is boring you to death. <laughs> All right. So let's go with even though they're basically clones of each other, let's go with AJ Brown or DK Metcalf. That's a toughie. Um I will probably take DK Metcalf by a split hair, but let me see this. So eighty is that is that because is that because of quarterback play? You think? Well, like, you know, I have lost than Tannehill. <sighs> Listen, that's a valid reason. Well, I'm, not well, saying it's, I'm not saying it's it's wrong. Well, I would I would have that. Yeah, I would take Russell Wilson over Tannehill every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But 
So 83 catches, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns for DK last year. Mm-hmm. And A.J. Brown, I think, had what, 1,100? Yeah, A.J. Brown had almost 1,100. He had 70 catches. He had 11 touchdowns. So he caught one more touchdown. Mm-hmm. But I would take DK. I, I, I think, like, I'm not even certain that DK is the better receiver. I just think that DK is the, like, he is that physical ability. Mm-hmm. Is just so attractive in a wide receiver. Yeah. Yes, right. Like no, I agree. His athleticism, his speed, his size, his leaping ability, his hands. Yeah, like, like you, t- like you go on. to like, you go to like a cloning lab and just type in like NFL wide receiver. Like it'll print you out DK Metcalf. Like that's what you want. That's what yes. you look for. Yeah. The only thing about DK Metcalf that I think AJ Brown has him on, and as I, I think AJ Brown, I think AJ Brown's a better route runner than DK is, but. DK gets away with it because he's so much bigger and faster than everybody else. Yeah, just oh. like, like, trying to just, like, trying to cover a racehorse. Right, <laughs> just a Clydesdale. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go with TJ Watt or Nick Bosa. Uh, healthy. Healthy. Nick Bosa. Okay. Nick Bosa is a disruptor in both sides. I, I, TJ Watt's a great pass rusher. I think I have a little bit more faith in Nick as, um, you know, as as a as a disruptor in the run game, uh, and even as a pass rusher, I think Nick Bosa is just an animal. So I, I would take Bosa. All right, but I would take Bosa. That, listen, it's fair. Okay, let's go with. I want to make this good. I'm gonna hit you right in the heart. You ready? You're gonna say like like Zeke or no. No, no. You're, it's going to be worse. C.D. Lamb or Justin Jefferson? <sighs> yeah, that one. That, that one's just mean. I feel like this one. No, I, dude, listen. This I is not. I love both of them. I love both of them a lot. I'm. I'm going with Jefferson. I'm, it's I'm going even, with Jefferson. Matt, it's not even close. It's not even close. I. I, I mean, like C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb was very good as a rookie. For the amount of, I, I'll say this: he was very good as a rookie for the amount of time that he split, mm-hmm. and for the quarterback play that the Cowboys had. Right, right? now you put C. Nine hundred yards, yeah. seventy-four catches, and five touchdowns with Andy Dalton playing quarterback, mm-hmm. with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup also on the team. I think that's very, very impressive. But Justin Jefferson blew away everybody's expectations for him last year. I mean, Justin Jefferson, 1,400 yards, mm-hmm. 88 catches, seven touchdowns. And again, it isn't like he's split in time either. Adam Thielen is a really good NFL wide receiver. Right, right. So this one, uh, that one, I just, I feel like you did that just to hurt me. I didn't, you know I, I didn't, I didn't. I just took, Justin I just Jefferson took, is better than CD. I like, took, I took two great receivers from the same draft class. That's I, it. I, I will say this though. I will say this. I think CD Lamb's more talented. I think CD Lamb' natural ability is better than Jeff- Justin Jefferson. I think his ability to get up and catch the ball, like CD Lamb, I think it's it's tough because I think CD Lamb is a mixture, talent wise, of DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. like just the 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 route running ability, the soft hands. The ability to make acrobatic catches, CeeDee Lamb has that. And again, run after the catch, I would take CeeDee Lamb too. 
It's just the production right now is on Justin Jefferson's side. All right. All right, let's go with Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. I know you like I know you like some am, Joe Burrow. I am big into Joe Burrow. <laughs> You're a big Joe Burrow guy. I know you I know you like yourself some Joe Burrow. He loves you he loves you some Joe Burrow. Oh my god. I'm going to take Joe Burrow. I, okay. I, because again, like look, and I know people are going to call me nuts because Justin Herbert like bursted onto the scene last year and he was incredible. Mm-hmm. But you have if you watched the Bengals at all last year, I, I'm assuming a lot of our listeners didn't because yeah. who would. But like if you watched the Bengals last year and you saw exactly what the Bengals were asking Joe Burrow to do as a rookie. I mean, Joe Burrow was throwing 50 to 60 passes a game. Yeah. For the Bengals. It he was, was un- sl- he was slinging it. He was, and he didn't win a lot. He was two, seven and one. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he completed 65% of his throws. He had 13 touchdowns and five picks. Okay. His quarterback rating was 89.8. Okay. Pretty That's good. a 90 quarterback rating with a terrible offensive line, a mm-hmm. defense that can't stay on the field. Like it's no, just no Joe Mixon either. No Joe Mixon. I Joe Burrow has something that I just can't get rid of. Like I, I, I don't know. I love me some Joe Burrow. Justin yeah. Herbert is ridiculous, but Joe Burrow, I think, is special. Right. I want to get at least two or three more, so let's go. Okay, go. Keenan Allen or Mike Evans? Mike Evans. By us by a hair, I would say. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they're I chose those two because I feel like they're pretty similar. They are yeah. very similar. I think Keenan Allen's a better route runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mike Evans is consistently more productive. Okay. Uh, let's go with, let's go with the classic Deandre Hopkins or Devonte Adams. Ouch. Um, I feel like I would have said Deandre Hopkins, but I think I'm going to say Devonte Adams. Mm. I, I, I think if it was before this past year, I would have said Deandre Hopkins all the way, but Devonte Adams last year was unquestionably, the best wide receiver in football. Yeah, like It wasn't close. He was unquestionably the best wide receiver in football last year. All right. Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Russell Wilson. I would think Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is more talented, but I, I think, I think Russell Wilson, what he's doing in Seattle is one of the most impressive things in the league. That Mm -hmm. roster I am not kidding you. Is JV? It's terrible. Yeah, it's putrid. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Seahawks are even kind of competitive blows me away. Yeah. All right. All right. Last, I guess last one. one. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara? McCaffrey. I would take McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey is better between the tackles. I'm I'm going Kamara. I know you are, but I, I like McCaffrey more. I don't know. That's just me. Okay. That does it for us. Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. He's Matt Caterizolo. I'm Mike Guido. We'll see you next week.